the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Well, good morning, everybody, and a happy Easter to you. That's... It's so good to be here in church with you today, to be celebrating the risen Lord Jesus Christ. A huge thank you to Paula and the band for leading us so beautifully in our sung worship at the start of the service. Um, My name's Paul, and I'm going to be leading us in our final session of thinking about meeting Jesus. Over the last few weeks, we've been meeting Jesus in each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and today... We are meeting him in the Gospel of John in the garden on the very first Easter Sunday morning. We will look at that uh, um, together in a moment. But just before we get to that point, I'd just like to remind us of how we got to Easter Sunday morning. So if you remember, if we go back three days, we come to Good Friday, don't we? And the day, of course, when Jesus died on the cross. It was a really sad day for Jesus and for his friends. But it had to happen. Out of his love for us, Jesus gave his life for us so that we could be forgiven and come back to our Father God. And at the end of that day, a man, one of Jesus' friends, a follower called Joseph, a rich man who was so rich that he had his own tomb prepared for his own body, took Jesus' body And he laid it very carefully in that tomb. And then he turned away and he walked out of the door of the tomb. And he started to push that really heavy, big stone so that it would cover and seal the tomb. And as he did that, it gradually got darker in the tomb until finally it was completely dark. Jesus was the light of the world, but now he was completely dead and buried. And he remained dead and buried for the whole of the rest of Good Friday, for the whole of Easter Saturday, which was one of the Jewish Sabbath days, a day of rest, and then into the start of Easter Sunday morning. But when he'd been put into the tomb on Good Friday... Some of his friends, some of his women friends had seen the tomb where he'd been put. And very early on that Easter Sunday morning, just as dawn was breaking, they decided they would go to the tomb with some spices and some oils to anoint Jesus's body. And they didn't know how they were going to get into this tomb because there was a great big stone in front of it. But they went anyway. As the day was breaking, and as they got to the tomb, they had two massive surprises. The first massive surprise was that that huge stone had already been rolled away. And the second surprise, even more surprising, was that Jesus' body was gone. Well, after that, There was a lot of toing and froing and various people came to the tomb and wondered about what was going on. But we are going to just stay with one person, one of Jesus' friends called Mary, Mary Magdalene. And she's just weeping, crying outside the tomb. And then she's going to meet Jesus in the garden. So first of all, we're going to see a video 
of this bit of the story, and then we're going to read it together. But let's watch now. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Sir, if you took him away, please tell me where you put him. Mary. Teacher! Oh, teacher! You've come back to us! Soon I will go back to my father and your father. No, Lord. Stay here with us. Mary. Please. Mary, I need you to go tell my brothers to go on to Galilee. Oh, you can come see them now. Peter and John were just here. Mary, tell them to meet me in Galilee. Jesus really was alive. His promise had come true after just three days. Okay, so that's the story we're going to be looking at this morning. I'd like us now to, to read it in the Bible, because the video was great, but it didn't give us the whole picture. So we're going to read from John chapter 20 and verses 11 to 18. I'm going to put the words up on the screen, but follow, follow them if you've got your own Bible, if you'd like to. And then afterwards, we're just going to think about three things. The questions that Jesus asks, the response that he gives when somebody asks him some questions, and then the instruction that he gives to Mary at the end of that encounter. But these are the words I'd like us to read together. So if you're able to see the words and if you're able to read, I wonder if you can read these words with me out loud. Should we do that now? Okay, one, two, three. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white they were seated where Jesus' body had been. One of them was where Jesus' head had been laid, and the other sat where his feet had been placed. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they have put him. Then she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. So she said, sir, did you carry him away? Tell me where you put him. Then I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him. Then she cried out in the Aramaic language, Rabboni. Rabboni means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. Instead, go to those who believe in me. Tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. She said, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Oh, thank you. Thank you for helping me so much with that reading. That's great. So 
I said we'd look at some questions that Jesus asked to start with. And the first one is a very obvious question, isn't it? When you see one of your friends who is crying or upset, I expect you go up to them and you say, why are you crying? But I think always in the Bible, there's the actual story, what happened in history, and then there's the lesson that we're meant to take from it 2,000 years later. And I think when Jesus asked this question, the more general question he's asking is, what's wrong? What's wrong? I guess we've all come to church today with things that are wrong in our lives. There are certainly things that are wrong in the world, aren't there? And I love that the very first question that Jesus has when he comes back from the dead and rises to life is, what's wrong? What's wrong? Jesus is interested in what is wrong in our lives this morning. And the second question is, who are you looking for? And I guess the question there, the underlying question is, what's missing? What's missing? I think for a lot of people in the world, there's a sense that something isn't quite right. Something is missing. They're looking for a meaning and a purpose and something that will just make sense of everything. And they're just not quite sure what it is. Well, about 350 years after that very first Easter Sunday, one of Jesus's followers, a man named Augustine, who lived in North Africa, I think gave us the answer to that question. If we're asking what's wrong and what's missing, he said this. He said, because God has made us for himself, our hearts are restless until they rest in him, in God. I don't know if you believe that God has made you, but the Bible says that we are made in God's image and he's made us for himself. So it's not surprising that if we have that sense of something's wrong in my life, but I don't know quite what it is. We experience that restlessness of our hearts. And the answer is to come to the Father through the Son, Jesus, and experience for ourselves that wholeness that comes from knowing Jesus. If you are somebody who's got those questions about what's wrong, what can I do about it, and what's missing, we have an alpha course here at the church that we love to invite people to come along to, to discuss those kinds of questions on a regular basis. And we'll be having one of those a bit later this year. But today, what I'd love to offer you is one of our alpha booklets written by the same team that do the alpha course. It's called Why Easter? We've got them on the table as you go out of the auditorium on the left. And if you have got any questions about why Jesus came, about why he died, and about what his resurrection means, please take a copy of one of these booklets. Uh, or maybe you've got a friend who's asking those kinds of questions back where you work or where you live. Please take a copy to read with them. It'd be great if we could have lots of conversations about why Easter over the next couple of weeks, wouldn't it? But there we are. Those are the questions that Jesus asks. But when Mary hears these questions, she doesn't realise that it's Jesus who's asking them. She thinks he's the gardener, doesn't she? 
And so she gets quite agitated. And she says, oh, sir, did, did you carry him away? Oh, please tell me where you put him and, and then I'll go and get him. Of course, she's upset and she's agitated. But I just love the way that Jesus speaks into her confusion and her agitation. The same way that he speaks into our confusion and our agitation on this Easter Sunday morning. What does Jesus do? He just speaks her name. Mary. Mary. Isn't that beautiful? This morning, I'd invite you to hear Jesus speaking your name, whatever it happens to be. I know we've got a couple of Marys here, but I'll substitute your own name for it. Hear Jesus speaking your name. Know this Easter Sunday morning that you are known by Jesus, that you are loved by Jesus, that he came to give his life upon that cross for you personally. And now he calls you by name to come into a relationship with him. You are known and you are loved. And the last thing is that Jesus gives an instruction to Mary. And it's a really important instruction. He says to her, don't hold on to me. Instead, go and tell. And it was obvious that Mary wanted to hold on to Jesus, isn't it? She'd already lost him once this weekend. She didn't want to lose him again. She wanted to hold on to him. But Jesus says to her very gently, but very firmly, don't hold on to me. And I guess the message for us here is that Easter is not something to hold on to for ourselves. Easter is something for us to share. Don't hold on to me. Easter isn't just for the church. It's not just for our private devotions. Don't hold on to me. Instead, go and tell. Now, I suspect we may have the opportunity to share some nice treats today with one another. But even more important is that we share the meaning of Easter, if we know it, with those who don't. That we share the story of the Lord Jesus Christ who came and lived and died and rose again and will return for us in glory. It's important that we share that story and it's important as a church that we put it into practice as we live our life that imitates the life of Christ. Easter is for sharing.